and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast to talk about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name's John and Germany, Germany, we're the famous Tartan army and we're off to Germany. Superb. We're off. Guten Tag, Roberto. Or, we, need, we need to improve. We need to be sprecking the Deutsch a bit better than this, John. By the time we get there, <laughs> need to take some take some lessons off of your good lady wife. Correct. That now a married cool. man, John. Congratulations! First pod as a married man. Is this first one as a married man? First wow. one as a married man. Hence the long break, listeners. So yeah. <laughs> I hope you're raising yeah. a cup of tea or whatever you're drinking right now to John. Kind of kind of tea or stein is what we'll be or stein. training yeah, for. Stein for yeah. So lots lots to cover. It goes without saying. It's been, yeah, I think it's been really a good month or so. Uh since yeah. we um and yeah, I mean Scotland, where do we start, John? I mean, where do we start? Yeah, I mean look, last Last week, last it was this week time last week. It was Thursday night. Probably about this time, McTominay just rattled oh. one into the Spanish top corner. We had, as you called it, our faddy moment. Yep. Deprived of it. And Deprived it of it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still not over it. I think you know, and you look at it, and we wouldn't, we could do a whole episode on it. I'm sure, but oh, it's just heartbreaking. And look, we're through, and it'll all be forgotten, but. What a big moment from a big player. Scott McTominay has been unbelievable this qualifying campaign. He continues to turn up for Scotland, even when his place has been questioned at Man United. Like that in the in the top bin, you know, against Spain. The keeper's nowhere near it. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. Yeah, undoubtedly, I think being our player of the uh, qualifying campaign so far, with all his with all his couple of braces as well yeah. at the start against um, Cyprus and also against um um, well, he sort of braced against Spain, didn't he? he did. um, so, so yeah, I mean, look, he's been brilliant. Steve Clark just continues to work wonders. His his ability as a manager, I think, is just so underrated. And I love it. He's under the radar because normally, I think, if yeah. a team like Scotland are doing this well, you normally have clubs coming to, to knock down the door and want him. But because he's maybe not the most fashionable type of guy and a bit older and a bit doer, but he's our doer uh, genius, really. And to get Scotland to to the to, to the Euros now, obviously following, we went from hating Spain to loving them on Sunday night when they they, they allowed us to qualify with two games to spare. Love's uh, a strong word. Love, love still, is strong. Still think they're a bunch of money pricks, but yeah, no, I mean, they did us a favour there, didn't they? Massively. You know, not, not supporting Rodri on Sunday night, Scotland. Uh, I certainly was not. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He, he, but that was great. I mean, look, look how far we've come, right? We're complaining about, you know, going away to the the top seeded side in the group and going one up. We're complaining that we didn't win the game and didn't go top of the group. And um, so, I just think it's a huge testament to, to to how brilliant it is. And yeah, we've been given the ultimate prize, which is, you know, we did qualify for the last European Championships, but given it was COVID and also because it was in the UK, it just didn't have quite the same feeling yeah. as I think I was after as that I've got now and that we're going to Germany we're going to uh, a, a proper a, a broad country that is big enough to host 
a big tournament in one place. Uh, saw a good tweet the other day. This will probably be the last proper big tournament in one country for the next decade at least. You've got five stadiums within 90 minutes uh, train journey in central Germany there. Next World Cup, that's in USA, Mexico and Canada, three countries, mental. Yeah. Euro 2028, we already know the UK and Ireland have got that. So that's all over the place and at home again, so less great feeling. World Cup 2030 is even more bonkers, six countries, three continents. And then Euro thirty and then Euro twenty thirty two, I think, is in like three countries as well. So in between Italy and Turkey. Yep. So we've finally qualified for a tournament and it feels really special this week. Yeah, it's one of those ones that we grew up, John, watching. France ninety eight is always the first one that springs to mind. We were kind of perfect yeah. age for that. I guess even like Germany was it twenty fourteen World Cup, like they're the countries you want to go to a major tournament at France, Germany, Spain, big country close to us, traveling numbers. You know, just have an incredible time, which we know we're going to. And it is so special. I mean, look, nothing will ever take that Serbia penalty shootout away from me. Still probably one of the great moments that I can remember in my lifetime as a Scottish football fan. But, you know, we're just so excited for this tournament. We go into it with some real potential. I mean, um, I think probably the other thing with the Spain result, just not to hark on too much about it, is that, you know, we really did have a chance to win that game again. You know, if I think a McTominay's goal goes in, at the very least, I think we're looking at a draw. Um, I don't see them coming back and winning it. Um, I think our heads went down after that. And that'd be a massive result for us. We'd play these two friendlies yeah. against probably two of the best teams in the world, England and France at the moment. Um, you know, and, and we do get beaten. I think the France won, you know, we, we those players pulled out. There's all that sort of thing. We still went one nil up. Uh, yeah. Incredible stuff. So I think it's hopefully all good experience for the boys and, um, yeah, really exciting seeing them come through. Question for you is, and to bring it back to fantasy then, so who within uh, the Scottish Premiership do we think is obviously pushing to be on that plane to Germany next year? There's a few obvious yeah. candidates. Any anyone, anyone from Scottish Premiership teams you think might make a last uh, ditch um, dive for the for the plane to Germany? It's a really good question, Scooby. You caught me a bit off guard here, but I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to go. Obviously, obviously, you got. Um... Well, who's who's we've got, got Liam, Liam Kelly in at the moment? Um, oh, yeah. We've got Greg Taylor, John Suter. Yeah. Uh, who else? Obviously, Callum McGregor. Callum McGregor. Um, yeah, I mean, from 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 Scottish teams, that's pretty much it now. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I saw an article the periphery. I mean, someone like Shanklin, for example, really out of form. We'll talk about that more in this episode. But could anyone else like forge a opportunity? Yeah, I think Shanklin's probably probably the obvious shout. Um, that 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 is in there. So I have things saying Craig Gordon's going to try and target to come back for that. Sure. Um, the thing is, and it's the way that the Scottish Premiership is just now, and there's a lot of stats on this. Is there actually isn't an awful lot of Scottish footballers that play for the national team in the league just now, because yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of the younger players are getting snapped up and taken away. So you think you look at Aaron Hickey. You look at yep. Lewis Ferguson. Yeah. Um, you look at Nathan Patterson. Um, yeah. And the, look how much they've blossomed. I mean, incredible. Yeah. You know, the, the, way, the way they've progressed. Hendry was obviously playing in Scotland not too long ago now. He's pushed on. McKenna was at Aberdeen. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's good to see, isn't it? Like, it's good to see how yeah. many players have genuinely come through the Premiership. And then probably at this point in time, yeah, it's maybe a bit late. We, we're a really solid squad as well. So um, hard to see someone else. Ryan Jack's maybe another one potentially in the mix um, but again we're yeah. going to come up to that probably depends how Rangers do the remainder mm -hmm. of this but yeah, yeah. so exciting 
No, I think I think you're right. I mean, it was great to see Liam Kelly and um, Xander Clark both get get minutes, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, Liam exactly. Kelly getting his full debut against France. He was saving or trying to save a penalty from Kylian Mbappe. I, I thought it was funny because the last time he was out for Motherwell, he was playing Livingston, and they conceded a penalty, and it was his brother, Sean Kelly, who was taking the penalty against him. So he's gone from his brother Sean at Livy to Kylian Mbappe. <laughs> In France, superb. Quite superb. a moment. Quite a moment for him. Um, so yeah, no, look, great. Billy Gilmore first ever goal. Very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. But yeah, look, that's got us back on the Sean Kelly segue. Has got us back into the Scottish Premiership. Yes. Um, and what's been happening, Scobie? We're trying to, you know, we've obviously not spoken for a while, so we're trying to look at this from a high level. And I think there's been a couple of key. Moments have happened, other than, of course, all the football, is there's been a couple of sackings, hasn't there? there That'll give us a nice chance to chat about those two clubs, I think, in this first part. Quick question. How many managers in the Scottish Premiership were sacked last season? Last season, uh, I think five. Higher. Six? Eight. Eight. Oh, really? Yeah. Graham Alexander, Jack yeah. Ross. Well, that's Van the count. Alexander didn't even make it into the season. <laughs> yeah. That was still like the end of the last season, basically. Yeah. Right. Jack Ross, uh, Van Bronckhorst, Jim Goodwin, yeah. Yeah. Stephen Hamill, Liam Fox, your very own Robbie Nielsen. And the last one to go was Callum Davidson at St. Johnston. So it's a high turnover in the top flight. Top at the top, John. It's top at the top. Well, where will we start? Are we going to start, first of all, if we, if we do it in chronological order, we start with Hibbs, Nick Montgomery. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and he's obviously replaced Lee Johnson. Now, Nick Montgomery, I think, uh, looks like quite a sensible appointment. I think you've been a, with a hearts, you're always looking at uh, your, your closest rivals in Edinburgh and probably looking a little bit jealous right now. And the fact that they've gone for a guy who does have a bit of experience, you know, he had his club career mostly at Sheffield United, but moved to the, the Mariners down in the A-League in Australia to get some first yeah. team experience and then managed them as well for a season or two. And so he's got games under his belt and he's they've caught him at this, hopefully for them, a, a rise in his trajectory as a manager, but also not gone for a completely unproven guy that sort of Aberdeen have done recently with um, the Stephen Glass and now Barry Robson and Hearts are now doing it Steve, with Stephen Naismith and it's it's a bit risky, isn't it? So I quite like this appointment. Yeah, um, I mean, about it? I must say, I think uh, Ange Postacoglu has done some job for the A-League managers. Uh, it's suddenly a trend, isn't it? Was it Kevin Muscat was, um, was linked with the Rangers job. We're going to go on to that. He wasn't successful in the end, but he was linked with that one heavily. And then obviously Nick Montgomery has been, been coaching out there and has had some success too. So, yeah, I mean, look, he's done well since he's been in. We're obviously a little bit behind. It was a, it was a few weeks ago now. They're unbeaten since his appointment. Three draws and a win mm. at lowly St. Johnston. I think the most notable result, of course, though, is that they came back from 2-0 down against uh, good old Hearts uh, at Tynecastle and drew two all uh, in the most recent derby. And I think that will really have lifted spirits as well. I think there's a there's a bit of a sense of optimism um, at the mm-hmm. club now. You know, it's sort of Lee Johnston, the sort of madness of Lee Johnston's sort of past, um, all those strange press conferences and decision making um, to a guy that just seems like a you know a good football brain 
Yeah, and, and seem to know what he wants to do with this club as well. So a savvy appointment. I think they've got a really difficult stretch coming up, though. He's gonna he's got a really good opportunity, but he's got to prove himself now. He's got Rangers, he's got Celtic, and he's got Ross County uh, coming this month. So it's been good to now. What can he do in, in those really big games? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I mean, yeah, I thought it was a really un Hibs like performance in that second half at Tynecastle with two 0 down and a lot of Hibs teams, I believe, would crumble at that point and we'll yeah. maybe come on to it that Stephen Naismith's substitution wasn't the best, bringing off Lowry and bringing on Beningmany, but yeah. they still had to do it and they've got this man in Ewan who's a proper maverick, isn't he? I mean, oh. he looks, he can look awful, the worst player in Scotland one moment and then he can also just catch fire in those, what, 90 seconds. He scored two brilliant goals. Um, so, yeah, if Monty can get a tune out of him, that's going to be great for them. You know, you've already got Boyle and Venti. I think we've always liked that signing. And Lee Johnson just, I don't think, quite knew what to do with him. And yeah. So, yeah, no, it's quite exciting for Hibs. And, and just one thing, actually, I just do need to call myself up on after our preview pod was the goal I had at the signing of Adam Lafondre. Because if I had a hat, Scooby, I need to eat it. Because he has been <laughs> fantastic, really. I mean, he scored a brilliant goal up at Tawdry that finished us off. Um, quite convincingly, but he's done lots of great little flick around the corners, and I think he's a great guy to bring on for Hibs for half an hour to go in the game when they're playing that four four two. He can drop deeper, um, bring others into play, and yeah, his finishing's never been in doubt. But we often look down upon English footballers coming to Scotland, don't we? They come with big attitudes. You think Joey Barton, you yeah. think Shea, you think El Juf, all been shite really in Scottish football, yeah. but. Luke John, he's, he went. He went out to Australia, and suddenly they they were they were clamouring after him. So it's the Andrew yeah. fans, I'm telling you, you know. And then yeah. uh, I'm sure that's a nice link up with with Montgomery too. No, he's been good. I, I just uh, just to call it out, you've mentioned them both, but I was reading a stat today. Boyle um, has completed more dribbles than any other Scottish Premiership player so far mm. this season, twenty five. Whilst his teammate Ewan uh, ranks second on the list with 21. So they are above uh, the next best, which is um, Dazen Maida from Celtic at 16. So quite a, quite a jump on that. I mean, that's a formidable kind of two-headed uh, serpent, you know, up those sides. And if they can get those two continuing to play well this season, they're even making Christian Deutsch look like a good footballer in the middle <laughs> of the job, which is a remarkable thing in itself. So, yeah, I love them, and I really love them from a fancy point of view. Just a note on that, Boyle's obviously a midfielder. He's only 4.8 million. Um, Yuan's uh, forward, he's 6.2 million. So, yeah, yeah you, 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 you don't have to have them both, and there's a bit of trouble with that because a lot of good midfielders in this game at the moment. But, yeah, definitely be looking um, at them, although we've got the Rangers-Celtic um, double coming up. Yeah, I think, I think strikers is where we're probably looking for our team. I think you're right. I think the midfield's pretty stacked, but yeah. I mean, even Kyogo's barely, you know, justified his price tag so far this season and Matt O'Reilly's top goal scorer in the league. So yeah, it's an yeah. interesting. It's oh, an definitely. Interesting... I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. Kyogo's, you know, he's by far and along me the, the sort of best record in the game at the moment, but he's miles off where he was last year, mm-hmm. four goals and uh, two assists and he's 8 million. So you're investing a lot to have him, you know, and behind him, nothing. Um, you know, we'll, we'll come on to some of the others, but but really no one. Um, the Aberdeen boys starting to maybe pick up a bit of form. Um, but apart from that, it's pretty slim picking. So I think Ellie Ewan's got to definitely be someone uh, that you're considering. 
And on and on your dribbling point, I saw um, Jack Grealish swapping swapping shirts with um, Martin Boyle after the Australian England game. So Grealish was obviously asking Boyle for some tips on his dribbling <laughs> uh, to, to to get better. <laughs> uh, right, should we move on to the other big managerial appointment? Um, and that is obviously at Ibrox, where um, the great and the good of Michael Beale has now left Scottish football. Um, he came as quick. Uh, he left as quickly as he came. Yeah. I think it's what I'm trying to say, and has been uh, replaced by uh, sort of the Belgian hope, shall we call him, yeah. and uh, Philippe Clement, who's um, got a decent track record. Actually, he's won um, he won three Belgian titles with two different clubs in uh, Club Bruges and Genk. He was at Monaco, had a bit of a wild time there. I think if you look at the sort of um, read stuff online and looking at the tweets when he because he's he's actually got a twitter account which i always find funny when football managers have that because it's all lovely when you say you're you're excited to start for the new team but oh it can turn so sour and um he's got a lot of love from monaco i think despite finishing sixth and uh, only lasting sort of a, a short time there so um how do, how do we feel about this signing school bay i mean Beal kind yeah. of Oh, I mean, good, good pedigree coming in with, um, you know, after Mickey B's departure. But I think uh, he described in his first press conference, you know, that the, the Rangers is a project, and he, he's not wrong at all. He's got a big project on his hands. They were obviously, um, you know, at the start of a rebuild, an unsuccessful one. It looks like at this point in time from from the from the previous management. So he's got a lot to do. I mean, he's he's got to he's got to find a way to get some of these guys that he's inheriting in his squad going. Um, you know, guys like Cantwell, who's obviously still carrying a bit of an injury at the moment. Danilo kind of came with a bit a big kind of price tag. Um, Nico Raskin, who's had flashes that little bit this year. I think that definitely he needs to work on them. And, and there's a couple I think the Rangers fans have already given up on Lammers and Dessers, where I think they kind of just think these guys are donkeys. So if he manages I to mean, get a tune out of them, he's he's a magician. Just, just on Cyril Dessers, I mean, it was it was it was a sort of head scratching one at the time, wasn't it? Because he scored six goals last season, right? Yeah. And this is a guy that was sort of hoping. I think Rangers were hoping to sort of re- replace the sort of Morelos goal. So. Rangers really shouldn't be signing a guy that scored six goals the previous season, I don't think. They should, I mean, the obvious answer, and we'll be delighted that he hasn't done that, but the obvious answer would probably was Lawrence Shankland, really. And, you know, it's a proven goal yeah. scorer in the Scottish yeah. Premiership. He scored over 20 goals for a team that, in theory, will get less chances than what Rangers do. But anyway, they went and spent £4.5 million on Cyril Desser, who's got uh, one league goal and two cup goals. So it's £1.5 million a goal so far for them. Yeah. And I think that just sums up the sort of um, where where Mick Beale got it. Um, it all went wrong for him in the summer. Um, yeah, really. So, yeah. As yeah, you say, basically yeah. the only thing that's still been working for him this season has been, been that you know defensive line, which is essentially the defence that he'd inherited from his days under, um, well, alongside Gerard and then Van Bronckhorst, you know, that they haven't conceded too many really Rangers, only five goals, same as Celtic, same as Hearts, interestingly. Um, their seasons have been fairly tight in the league at the back. Well, think, Just the lack of goals going forward has been a real yeah. issue. Yeah, I think to your point on the back, I agree with the back. I mean, you look at the back three, it's Tav, you know, it's Goldson, it's Barisic, but, you know, Butland, sure. I think, has been a really good signing. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, top clean sheets in the league, actually look pretty decent in Europe. Um, yeah, he looks... He looks like a you know one for the next yeah. few. Yeah, so they've years. got a base to build from. So, so there's a spine there. But yeah, yeah, exactly. If I'm Clement coming in, I'm thinking they just need to sort this team out, and and perhaps he does just need to shift some people out come January, uh, and he'll probably want to bring in a few familiar faces of his own. But um, but yeah, Clem bags. What have you got for us, Clement? 
Clement. Uh, tough start as well. They've just looking at again to October, Hibs and Hearts. Obviously, Hibs fairly buoyant under Montgomery. Hearts starting to turn the corner. We'll probably talk about Hearts a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, so a couple of big matches to go uh, to, to kind of start off with. Um, and, then he, and then they've got a really, really busy November after that. A lot of European games, um, you know, as the more winnable league games. I don't think he's got an old firm game until December. Is that right? I'm yeah, I'll be about right. Sounds yeah. right. So, just to leave you to finish this part one, Scobie, there was also one other managerial appointment that I wanted to talk about that wasn't in the top flight of the cinch, but was in the division below. And that is big. Duncan Ferguson is back in Scottish football. <laughs> he's had a very uh, heartwarming start where he's tried to be very kind, but I do wonder when things go tits up, how, how that's going to go for... Uh, for everyone up uh, up there, um, who do you think is going to last longer, Ferguson or Clement? Mm, um, probably Clement, to be honest. <laughs> I think I think that your money might be safe there, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone thought this was going to be fireworks. He had, he had our growth first, and it was Dick Campbell beat Duncan Ferguson <laughs> first game. Duncan Ferguson must have been doing the woosa woosa yeah. on the sidelines <laughs> just to just to avoid. A huge bunch up with a seven-year-old man. Um, yeah. But anyway, Dick Campbell, what a boy. Um, yeah. Okay. Shall we get into part two? Correct. Hello, welcome back to part two of episode two. Have we only done two episodes, Scooby, of this season's Certainly. fantasy football pod? We'll have to up that run rate ahead of um, ahead of Christmas. I think feel like we're we're settling down. It's been a bit of a mental October. Yeah, the in September. So um, yeah, a bit of routine. Your wedding, required. another wedding in Newcastle with your sister's thirtieth. You were in Paris for the rugby. I mean, it's been non-stop, isn't it? And it really actually. Has. That was uh that was for our good man Jerry, who's the shared pod legend, his sixtieth, and this is episode number sixty, John. So there you go. There you go. Nice bit of symmetry there. Oh, well, you're enjoying your driving wherever you're going, Jay. I know he listens when he's when he's driving the car. The Love that. Love that. <laughs> driving into some other building site. Um Super, <laughs> for 60. Um, nice one. Right, Scobie, as always, you're in charge of part two, so please take it away. Well, there was so much that we could have talked about tonight, to be honest. It's actually been a really it's been a really interesting season, but I'm gonna say from the from the from the sort of off in this part of it, it's been a really difficult one from a fancy point of view. And I think we'll get into that a bit more, but it's been challenging. We've touched on it a bit with strikers, you know, and just a bit of the inconsistencies and some real surprise packages as well, none more so. And St. Mirren, who'd have thought they'd be sitting pretty uh, in third come mid to the end of October at the start of the season? And, and not by a fluke, you know, they deserve to be where they are. They've been a very solid team so far, picked up 15 points, same amount of points as Rangers, with four wins, three draws, and only one loss compared to Rangers three. So really impressive job um, that, that Robinson's men have done. They've been structured and organised, which of course we come to expect from them, but they've also scored goals. They've scored 11 goals this season. That's the fourth most in the league. Um, and they're one of two sides, um, along with Celtic, who are yet to lose away from home in the Scottish Premiership. So they're doing it away from home too, which is just so impressive. So 
Really interesting. Do you see this going away anytime soon? Do you think St. Mirren are, are kind of here to stay for the long run? Do you think they're, you know, are, are kind of almost guaranteed top six football at the moment? Yeah, uh, oh, guaranteed is a strong word, but I think they're really, really good. I think, yeah, I think they'll be good for the, most of the season. Um, it's just that, you know, you've always got the, the sort of five bigger clubs budgets that's always at, always at play here. But yeah, I mean, fortunate enough to have been at, um, been to see uh, St Mirren play against Aberdeen earlier in the season. Aberdeen robbed a draw, didn't yeah. deserve it at all. Were yeah. completely outplayed, and Robinson was beaming after that game because it was a shame because it was quite a controversial one in the way that Aberdeen got a penalty last minute, and all the press were focusing on that, and no one focused actually just on how well St Mirren had played. Like they absolutely battered us. They they genuinely could have scored five goals. Yeah. I think they had the ball in the back of the net three times and lost two goals to VAR kind of thing. And um, just so exciting. They've actually got, yeah, a load of exciting players. You're right. I mean, look, the the keeper in Hemming looks solid. Gogic looks, um, you know, really excellent at centre half. Brilliant at intercepting the ball. But then mm. also just going forward, they've got a lot there. They've got Greg Kilty. Uh, Mark O'Hara has actually been injured for part of the season, so hasn't yeah. been there the whole time. Yeah, back now, which is great for them, yeah. but just shows they've got a bit of depth there. Yeah, uh, Alex Grieve, I really like, always scores goals, and McMenamin as well. Yeah, I really like McMenamin. I was going to call him at 3.7 yeah. million years. Uh, mm. so well, that's a great nice to consider. Yeah, he is a little bit less than Kilty's at 4.1, O'Hara 4.2, who I've had basically the whole time this season. I, I agree with you, John. Um, and also, you can't look past the wing bats, can you? Tanser and Strain, Strain suspended, I think, for a game now, but they're yeah. both 3.1, 3.2 million. And they've both been great recently, both kind of top six well, defenders. It was, just like, it was such a shame that they, you know, they had Rangers at home in the game pre-split and Rangers in disarray without a manager at the time. And, you know, there was the, there was the, the banners and the stands for the Rangers fans saying, you're not fit to wear the shirt and all that crap. And you just thought St. Mern are going to steamroll them here because they steamrolled Aberdeen, they steamrolled Hearts as well. Yeah. And unfortunately, Strain just had that moment of madness where he hands handballs the ball in the box and it's a red card. Tav sticks the ball away. And it's really difficult for a club to come back with 10 men against anyone, let alone when it's a sort of more provincial side against Old Firm in the Scottish Premiership. So it's a shame that moment that's just sort of taken a bit of fizz out of the what has been a sensational start to the season. And yeah, everyone's real surprise package. I'm not sure many people saw this coming apart from the guys in Paisley. No, I agree. I agree. Some really good stats I've got on them as well. Uh, this is such a lot of discussion BBC Sport. I was re reading an article recently. The the last side to avoid defeat in each of their opening five away games of a campaign, which the Mariners have done, obviously, was Hearts in 2021-2022. Obviously, yeah. you know, went on to went on to good things there too. The Mariners have a higher shot conversion rate at 14.5% than any side in this season's Scottish Premiership. Netting 11 goals, as I said earlier, from 76 shots. And they've outscored their expected goals, nearly 11 expected goals, John, uh, total by 2.6 in the competition this term. Yeah. So just really good stats to kind of back it all up as well. And 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 they've been enjoyable to watch. So really exciting, I think. Yeah. Uh, I've got I Ross County and St. Johnson um, to come uh, in October. So, you know, they must be frothing at that. I mean, that that they could be sitting pretty on uh, 21 points mm. come the start of November. Yeah, definitely. The only thing that worries me there is that XG stat you just gave, because if they're scoring more than they're creating, or more prolifically, sure. then on the average long run, it might come back, but I do feel that they're creating enough, and yeah, those two fixtures is, is a lovely way to come back after um, an, a busy, interna well, an international break in which uh, O'Hara's away, definitely, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
the Irish squad. And yeah, and the as well. Yeah. So a few. Well done. Superb St. Mirren. On the other side, though, another team that shone very brightly at the start of the season, uh, carrying the good form that they'd showed at the end of last season, uh, was Motherwell under Stuart Kettlewell. But four losses on the bounce, albeit three of them came to the top three, St. Mirren Rangers Celtic, but also a loss to Libby has kind of slowed down that momentum. So perhaps the international breaks come at a good time for them. Uh, Kettlewell said there was no excuses to the recent form. Uh, but he did say the Livingston defeat in, in particular was a separate entity. He said they were caught out for poor organisation and just a really poor performance. So it was quite refreshing to see him say that. I think he's saying with that, he thought the team, you know, competed at times in, in the other three. But whichever way you look at it, it's four losses. Do you think they can kind of shake off that rut, um, you know, in the in the games to come? Yeah, I mean, the Livingston game, obviously... Um... Um, Lennon Miller got sent off in that as well, yeah. which you know contributes to that. I mean, he's been sensational so far this yeah. season, breaking onto the scene. Um, a real fantasy football Scotland favourite as well, with a brilliant price point. I do worry about playing an 18-year-old every single week at senior football level. I think he, he needs a rest, and maybe that's some sort of product of what happened with him getting sent off, is that he's tired. You know, you need to manage young young players playing at, at, the, at, the, at the higher level. Um, I think they're really missing Theo Bear. I think he's a, a strong goal scorer for them um, and has been injured sort of since that great sort of start of the season they had. Um, otherwise, I think they're a bit light on goals um, and that's and that's where they're struggling for me. Yeah, so Theo Bear is, is the key. If they can feed the bear, if the bear is fit and they can feed the bear, then they would be just fine. The bear. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the good play, a lot of the goals has come from that midfield, as you said, Miller, but also Spittle. Uh, you know who we know, and Spittle was great last year too, and he he's priced accordingly. He's four point six million in the game, uh, but also um, Slattery, Slattery at three point eight. I've got him in my team at the moment, um, and I, and I like the look of him. So a really good kind of midfield uh, core that they've got. The other one I was going to call out if you're if you're looking at them because they do have again. Um, St. Johnston and County. So weirdly, it's like the other way around from St. Mirren. They've both got mm-hmm. St. Johnston and County in the next games. Um, so again, they'll be looking to bounce back with them. Casey, good value um, in defence, starting pretty much every game for them at the moment. 2.8 million, uh, really nice price point too. So maybe someone else to consider, obviously, um, from a from Motherwell point of view. So, John, I think it's just about time to talk a little bit about our own sides, who've also had an interesting start to the mm. season. I'll be a gentleman. I'll let you uh, talk about Aberdeen first. To set the scene, though, it was a pretty torrid run at the start of the season, wasn't it? No wins in your first five games, was it? Um, sounds about right, mate. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. keeping exact contact, <laughs> exact count, but yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. <laughs> Languishing and not even started your European run. It was all looking pretty bleak, um, and I didn't think we'd be. Uh, I didn't think we'd still have Robson in his post by the time we did our second pod episode. But you've turned it around, um, showing a bit of life, aren't you? Um, the new signings starting to bed in, and the European ventures underway with a really promising performance, in particular against Eintracht Frankfurt. How yeah. have you summed up the last kind of month or so for Aberdeen? Yeah, I mean, as you say, it was a really slow start and it was always going to be a tough one. There was a huge um, squad overhaul job being done. I mean, the entire defence has has changed um, from last season. You've got uh, Ruby, 
edit sort of massacreist at centre half who just looks like he's just going to eat people and kill people uh, with four yellow cards already this season. And he really looked like a fish out of water at the start of the season. And people will argue that he might still look like that, but he's settled down now because he's got Gartenman, who's on loan from Mittyland, who's been a really good signing, and also Jensen next to him. So the three of them have started to play um, together um, consistently, and that has fed through confidence to the squad. Kel Roos looks more confident. And yeah, it was all sort of built on... I mean, some of the European performances have been good. Hacking was good. Um, where we drew two all the way and there was a big missed opportunity there. That sounds familiar for Scottish football clubs in Europe, doesn't it, Scobie? It's always a big missed opportunity. And then, yeah, really good performance at Frankfurt as well. I mean, Aberdeen seem to excel against teams that are going to have possession of the ball and they can hit. And Robson is very good at setting up a team that's um, going to hit them on the break, but also press high and try and win the ball high. Um, Aberdeen's problem seems to come against sides such as St. Johnson that they played um, in the last game of the league, um, just before the international break and drew nil nil, where Aberdeen are having more possession of the ball and they haven't quite got the way the midfield three works. For instance, Jamie McGrath, has yeah. uh, been a brilliant signing so far for Aberdeen this, uh, this season. Uh, late signing. Um, he actually started for Ireland in their 4-0 win against Gibraltar in the second um, international match of the break that just happened. And he was named in the um, who scored team of the round with his ratings. It was like 9.8. So out of the whole round of the European qualifiers. So he's he's been really good. But that means that he's been keeping Leighton Clarkson out of his best position, which is number 10. And it yeah. means that Clarkson is sitting deeper. And I don't think Aberdeen are quite getting the best out of them because they've got Graham Shinney sitting there who runs around and maybe missing Ramadani. Um, yeah, so it's been a mixed a mixed bag. Obviously, great win away at Rangers. It's, you know, that's Aberdeen's derby match in the league. So if you go and win at Ibrox, you buy yourself months of, um, of, of, of goodwill with the Aberdeen fans. And that really gave them a bit, Robson, a bit of breathing space. And then I'd say the biggest highlight uh, for me, player-wise, so far this season has been Bojan Miofsky. Um He had his first season um, in Scotland last year. Um, still scored twenty go- or sixteen goals in the league, and looked really good. But this season, he's added so much more to his play. In, yeah, mostly in- penalties last season, or majority. Yeah, exactly. Well, Whereas now he is doing so much in open yeah. play. And even when he's not on the ball, he is occupying midfielders, he's occupying defences. And yeah, even despite his big miss against St. Johnston, he looks like a cut above right now, Miofsky. So it's a sort of enjoying while while you can, I think, for Aberdeen fans. Yeah, an interesting one. We've talked a bit about the strikers. I mean, Shanklin just, you know, is, is really having a torrid uh, start to the season in the league. He's only got one goal in the league at the moment. And and so many people, you know, would have had him in, and probably still have him in, in their teams thinking this will be the week he'll turn around. We're about to go on quite a tough run. And so you're looking at me Miviovsky and, and thinking, maybe it's time. You know, you've got Dundee and Kamarnik, don't you, this month, which is, you know, there's goals there. Uh, mm. scoring goals at the moment so you know I think it's him or maybe it's Duke you know I think one of the two of them you've got to be looking to bring into your team right uh, well I'd, I'd probably stay away from Duke just now um, he's actually he's not starting every game for Aberdeen just now because a lot of the time Miofsky's um, playing up top on his own or right. McGrath's almost playing as that second striker uh, Duke has not hit the heights of last season so far this season I mean yeah. he definitely came back like he'd enjoyed himself in the summer, and I'm not quite sure he's got his fitness back <laughs> to there uh, to where to where he wants it to be. Haven't we all just? Yeah, and he's <laughs> I'm very still kind much... of a timber from Puglia. Exactly, he's very much a confidence player. Um, I think he'll go on a streak again, similar 
to what he did last season. Um, it, it, so if you can call that in fantasy football Scotland, good on you. But I, I'd maybe just hold fire a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. He hasn't quite got the got the fizz back yet this season. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I really like it. And, ju- and just to your point on you know a couple of defenders you've brought in. I was sort of looking at that earlier. Um, shocking to see that you know two two guys that you've called out, uh, Jensen and. Gart Gartenman, uh, both under one percent owned in the game. Mm-hmm. Yet they're two point eight, two point nine million respectively, um, and and twenty three points. You know, so scored as many points as as Nicky Devlin, um, and, and a lot of others are in that bracket. So I think they they're kind of must haves as well. And you can maybe save yourself a bit in budget if you if you've got Kingsley or something at the moment, or you know someone else there. I think I think but definitely time to consider um swapping out for one of them, even Goldson. Yeah, I do. I do think. I think Nicky Devlin actually has also been a really strong signing, um, from Livingston. He actually turned thirty this week, and there's a great interview with him on Red TV. Uh, he's just so happy to be in Aberdeen. You know, he's a guy that's he's really done the rounds in his career. You know, he's. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at it now. You know, started at Dunbar in Motherwell, Stenhouse Muir, um, Air United, Walsall. And he's he's got to thirty, and he's now playing at you know one of the biggest clubs in Scotland, and he just he's really worked hard to be there, and you can tell he's loving every minute. I mean, he scored that goal at Hacken was brilliant, and um, he scored at other goals as well this season for Aberdeen. He's playing that he is now playing that right wing back role, yeah. uh, so a great shout from Fantasy Football Scotland, and also just seems like a great um, a brilliant player and a, to have in the changing room for Aberdeen, um, and also he earned there with his quality as well. So. Positive outlook for Aberdeen and Aberdeen assets. We are buying at the moment. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I mean, you've obviously got the rest just now that they're still in Europe and they will be until Christmas. So is there going to be much squad rotation? There hasn't been a huge amount. Um, yeah, I mean, is the European running going to last beyond Christmas? Probably not. Probably had to beat Helsinki. Yeah. Probably had to draw with Frankfurt. But uh, the Helsinki flights are booked. So we are looking forward to that trip. Uh, with Jerry right. and Neebs actually is coming as well. He was oh. he was in Frankfurt, so yes, he was. He just uh, sold his car to Dylan Polvara. <laughs> <laughs> Devonte, <laughs> Devonte, sorry, Devonte. Edit, edit, Well, right. over in Edinburgh, Hearts yes. sit fourth after eight games this season. Seven points coming uh, from their last four games, thanks to wins over Aberdeen and Ross County, and a semi-final in the League Cup beckoning. So you'd rightly assume that all was well in Tyne Castle and the club are gearing up for another run at third place. Not quite. Uh, it's been a bit of a weird start to the season. Um, evident uh, have been the frustrations of the fans over the past few months. We've had the banners out. We've had the banners strewn all over Gorgie. Budge out, Nielsen out. Uh, Nielsen out. Yeah, let's just hang that one again. Let's get let's get Levine out again. He's not even there. Let's get him out again. Um, Romanoff out. <laughs> get all the banners out. Um, yeah, it's sort of all started since that disappointing exit to be okay. Um, uh, and I think the complaints were leveled at the management team at the start of the season a bit over that kind of lack of clarity as to and we joked about it on the pod who in fact was actually coaching the team. Um, you know, with that, as I've said, our last season's 28-goal man, Shanklins, has just got five goals this season, one in the league so far. So, 
it hasn't been a great start. The the mood um, hasn't been great. I think Naismith bought himself a bit more time with the recent wins and seems to be picking things back up. Um, but yeah, Celtic and Rangers are next up for us this month. Mm. So October is going to be really tricky. Um, I think that Hearts fans expect a result against one of those teams, particularly the way that they're both playing at the moment. Um, so does Clement get a new manager bounce? We'll have to wait and see. I think that squad's a mess, so it's going to be hard for him to get that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a tricky one. I don't. I think with that in mind, my kind of question I'm kind of coming back to, and I'll answer a bit myself. But is now time to kind of cool off your interest in Hearts players? Is it time? to sell some of those Hearts assets. And it's probably Kingsley, it's probably Shanklin that you've got on your team, maybe Clark. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I've had Shanklin all season and obviously returns have been grim. Yeah. So, yeah, really thinking about switching that out. I mean, the thing is, it's it's really difficult to sell him because he starts every game, he's on penalties, and generally if Hearts, typically if Hearts score, he's there or thereabouts, yeah, either providing the assist or scoring the goal, so it's a big one to take to take out, especially when the there is a dearth of other striking options. You know, we talk about Miofsky, but obviously he's got the European interest, and Aberdeen haven't quite clicked. I mean, maybe it's a Ewan you put in place, um, but at, at Hibs potentially, I don't know. Um, so yeah, that, that that's a tricky one with Hearts. I mean, I thought. Um, yeah, I just think it shows that there is unrest at hearts when you're 2-0 up against Hibs in the derby and uh, you go and throw that. I know Alex Lowry, I mean, he's blown hot and cold, right? But he's clearly a quality player. Yeah. And I know he's blown out his arse. But to bring a defensive midfielder on when you're 2-0 up against Hibs is just, for an attacking mid, I think just sends all the wrong signals. Yeah. Um, and as you say, when... Hip, the way that the way that the whole Naismith stuff's been handled is just so poor by the higher ups at Hearts as well, right? Because they've got everyone's got an excuse to hate him or hate the way he manages because they just don't think he's qualified. Um, so I think, look, you've got Rangers in the league, but you've also got them in the league, league cup. And that's so that's twice in a month. Yeah, Celtic as well. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling to see Stephen Naismith last until Christmas. Well, that's it. I mean, November gets a bit easier. Um, we've got Livingston, we've got St. Johnson, we've got we've got Motherwell potentially if they if they continue as they like to do on a on a really poor run, could be there for the taking too. So we'll see. I still think he will be there at Christmas personally, but you know, I think we do. You know, I think the fourth sort of flash. You want to bet a curry on that, Scooby? Let's bet a curry on that. Um, I think Stephen Aismith will be will still be there come yeah. January. Um. I was going to say, though, I mean, yeah, so I, I'm definitely going to be taking Shankland out. I think it's probably Meevil that I'm eyeing up. If there's anyone I would be considering from a Hearts perspective, who I think has been really good this this year, and the only thing probably holding him back is the fact he's not always starting. I think Liam Boyce has been fantastic since he's come back from his ACL. I thought he's okay. played so well. He's brought such mm-hmm. a spark to us. He's brought such an energy. He's come on mm-hmm. at times, you know, and, and really changed the game for us. Um, I just love what Boyce brings to the club, and um, I think he's one of the players that can definitely hold his head you know, quite high, um, you know, at this juncture in the season. I think the defence has also been pretty solid in Clark. I've not really got any um, complaints there. I'd say we've only conceded five goals in the league so far this year. So that's not the issue. It's just the, it's, it's everything else. And Lowry, I think, is a really interesting one. He's also super, you know, uh, interesting from a fancy point of view because he's so cheap. I think if he can continue this, those last couple of games, Kamarnik obviously comes on, he gets the goal and he changes the game there. And he, and he played very well against Hibs, shouldn't have been taken off. So hopefully he's continued to get his fitness up, 
They've had the international break, which can sometimes be a blessing. I'm not sure if he's um, tied against Rangers. I'm not sure if he's allowed to play against his parent club. No, nah, he won't be. He won't be. Yeah. So, um, but maybe yeah, against, bit... see him against Celtic. That's always the that's always the most annoying thing when I mean Aberdeen do it with Celtic so much, and then you go and play them in a big game in the cup, and you can't use your best yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, yeah. Really frustrating. So yeah. But I look, mean, it's yeah, exciting. We love it. This is why we love the cinch. You know. And, all is never as it seems. Um, you know, Hearts are in it. Uh, Hearts are in fourth. Aberdeen are in eighth. I think both of them are. You know, are, are not in and around the same space. Two point, two points dividing them in the league. Um, and and both in maybe slightly different trajectories at the moment. Not to be called the cinch for much longer, Scobie. Do you see there? They've cancelled their contract early, or they've I taken the early that. release clause. Oh, they feel like they've infiltrated Scottish minds enough, and that there's no more penetration to do. So we will. No longer be saying Vivla Cinch, and it will be. See, I bet somebody at Cinch has listened to this podcast, and they've said these guys will not stop going on about cinching it. I think we've done our job here. Let's do it. We're going to lose right. Ryland as well. And with that, I think we move out of part two and into our final part. Bye bye. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. If you've made it this far, congratulations. You get a quiz. Scobate, <laughs> we'll do this together. There's Oh, we got a quiz seven, as well. What a surprise. There's seven red cards yeah. this season. Can you name them? Anyone that got red oh, cards? Flipping heck. Uh right. Well, Lennon Miller. Correct. We've, um, we've talked about a few on this pod already, actually. Yeah, we have. Ryan Strain. Correct. Um, who else has had a red? Alex okay. Cochran. No, I'll give you... So, uh, I've really... Amused, he's had a... His career has gone high and now it is coming to an, a very amusing, abrupt end. And he's making lots of mistakes and should have been replaced in the summer. Uh, Barisic? No, go to the other side of Glasgow and go in goals. <laughs> oh, Joe Hart, of course. That was a comical one. Yes, Joe Hart. And actually, he should have been sent off against Aberdeen, but he got saved by VAR on the offside. <laughs> um, so he, Kilmarnock have had one. Uh, fuck, I lost it uh, No, no, they've not. Livingston? Uh, you've, got, you've got, no, you've got Liam Gordon at St. Johnston. All right. Paul McGinn at Motherwell had one. Uh, Josh Mulligan at Dundee, yeah. and then my my favourite one of the season, uh, and I will cherish this forever, was um, Scott Wright getting sent off against Aberdeen at oh, Ibrox yes. whilst they're getting pumped by the Dons. <laughs> we're so the be like Dons fans to hold that against Scott Wright. <laughs> For the rest of his fucking life. Apparently, he's a really nice guy, but <laughs> wanker. Uh... There you go. That's that's your quiz for part three. Listeners, Enjoy that. Enjoy that. It's very good. We need to continue to make that a regular thing. It always catches me out, but it's good fun. Um, <laughs> so the last we just com- just to complete quickly our roundup um, of the league. There is a, there is a group we'll call them the stragglers, the strag the struggling stragglers um, at the bottom of the league. Um, there are Motley Crew, Dundee, St Johnston, Kilmarnock, and County, and they all look like avoids at this point in time <laughs> from Whoa. a fantasy perspective 
there's fucking nada. That sounds like a challenge to me, Scooby. They you just challenged me four to wins from a combined <laughs> 30 matches for these teams so far. I mean, the goal scoring. St. Johnson have scored three goals in eight <laughs> games. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, the thing I think that's probably most shocking is the Kamarnik one because we were and I was I was the leader of the of the pack on the Kamarnik hype train at the start of the season, and I think a lot of people because you know rightly they did have a good start. They obviously knocked Celtic out the cup, which means nothing in the league. Um, but I think we had quite a lot of their players in. We had McGinnis in. People had Finlay. People had even Vassell up front. You know, there was there was quite a lot of Kamarnik players. I think it's time to offload those players right now. If you've not already, get them out. This sounds like a a challenge to me to try and give you a sales elevator pitch. Okay. On uh, on stragglers. Okay. So we'll try. Okay. I think Danny Armstrong scored a brace a couple of weeks ago. So he finally got off the mark, and he is Killy's talisman, and could be a shout. Um. If if something happens good going forward for Kelly, then he generally does it. But yeah, it's been really disappointing, hasn't it, for Derek McKinnis' side after that amazing start to the season where they beat Rangers in the league mm. uh, on the telly, and then they went and knocked Celtic at the League Cup as well. And everyone was like, "Fucking hell, these guys are going to be awesome." And yeah, they just uh, they've really dropped off uh, quite substantially. Um, St Johnston have been yeah, I think they're by far the worst team in the league. Um, and what was what was really depressing was watching them play much better than Aberdeen at Pataudry uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and it kind of looked like they might be pulling something together. And I wouldn't be surprised to pull, see them maybe add to that four-win tally for your, your struggler, Scobie, over the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's and Mitov in goals, I think he's got the top saves in the league. He has made 34 saves in the league this year, which is the most saves of any other goalkeeper in the Scottish Premiership. So uh, he needs to keep doing that if they're going to have any chance of keep going. And then this week, Scobie, it's a double game week because Dundee and Ross County had a postponed match for a waterlogged pitch um, the week before the international break. That may happen again this weekend if the storm has anything to do (laughs) with it. So maybe we'll be looking at that. But um, Bakayoko has basically started every game up front for Dundee, and he finally got his first goal in the top flight as well a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I actually think 3.7 million is quite a nice way into your team. And we chatted about him a lot in the first pod, but Trevor Carson um, is also there in two games uh, for Dundee this week. You know, that can be a keeper that you can put into your I see we're sort of rounding off this episode with a Trevor Carson chat after starting <laughs> the whole season off with Trevor Carson chat. Well done, John. Seamlessly done that for us. Uh, but no, you're right. And I mean, look, you look at Dundee win that game and they would actually jump up to sixth. They would jump mm-hmm. ahead of Livingston on goal difference on 10 points. Yeah. And point behind that at Hearts. And now I know the other games are going to happen before that. It's it's, be, it's scheduled to be afterwards. But, you know, it's still early doors. Um, but just from what I've seen from all of them, you know, mm-hmm. certainly from the bottom three, not much. I still think there's a bit of hope for Kamarnik. I mean, Kamarnik came back from 2-0 down at home to Hibs and they could have gone on to win that. Um, another draw with Dundee away, 2-2. Um, they were 1-1 with um, St Mirren at home after going 1-0 up. And to be honest, when we beat them in the Cup, I mean, it was a horrible, rainy night. They were on the front foot. They got the goal back. Yeah. They, they could they could have scored a second, and then we snatched snatch it at the end. So 
I don't think they're miles away can win it, to be honest. I think uh, that's the thing that McInnes probably knows. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I, I've no doubt they'll stay up this year. Um, but just we did have high hopes for them at one yeah. point. So. And then, and, and just a word on um, now the longest serving manager in the Scottish Premiership, David Martindale, uh, nearly three years at, at Armandale um, with Livingston. Um, you know, we, we write them off at the start of the season. We were very um, negative. We were very sell on them. And they've crept themselves nicely into that mid-table pack. And, you know, as you say, no one's really adrift, but they've had some good results. That was a good win against Motherwell. And a wee shout-out for Bruce Sanderson as well, who is now, I mean, this is not a huge feat. It might sound better than it is, but he is Livingston's top, top-flight goal scorer of all time with 20 goals. Yeah, it's not to be sniffed at. Not to be sniffed yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, they've got that little and large partnership up front, and Newblay and Anderson will cause lots of teams' problems in the Scottish Premiership this season. So, sure. Um, sure. yeah, look, I know it's uh, not the most imaginative shout, but if you're struggling, maybe it's a brute time for a little bit of Bruce Anderson. I back him to get over double figures again in the league this season. Love I'll that. put another curry on that. Love that. Right, just to wrap up then, a little bit of a uh, review of where the Fancy Fitbar pod league is. Thanks to all of you that are obviously playing in that. There's way over 500 people in that league. Um, currently top is Jose's Bus Drivers. Uh, they're top of the pod league with 513 points. Just ahead of, and I love this one, Sex, Drugs and Devante Cole. <laughs> Devante Two- Cole, remember him. That's a Devante show. Cole. Sex, drugs, and Devante Cole. Love that second. There's actually some good names in the top 10, John. I'm going to read out a few of my top six. <laughs> I loved uh, We've got the Backstreet Boys. Oh, yeah. We've got uh, McGinn and Tonic. <laughs> uh, and really like this one, uh, Shinny the Pooh. <laughs> They're brilliant. Yeah. They're really good. Some really good names. All in the top 10. So well I've done. Got, I've, got, I've got two that I'll okay. go you with. Uh, one that always makes me laugh is Rod the Prod. <laughs> uh, this one is just stupid and not very imaginative, but it gives me the giggles. FC Dangleberries. <laughs> oh, good. And then our final one, and you all you also love this one as well. Murder on the dance floor. Oh, that's shite. That's it. A classic. Move on. Move on. Um, yeah, no. Right. Well, we'll get our teams posted um, for the weekend. Um, some transfers we've already been talking about. It's certainly going to be a couple of changes at my side. Um, and please share your teams in um, over the next couple of days. Mm. All right, though. Great to be back, John. We'll not leave it so long next time. Uh, we will not. We will not. And as 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 they say in Germany, Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> there you go. That's two new words. We'll learn two more. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll be fluent by the end of the season. <laughs> right, all the best troops. <laughs>